Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of In Game Live. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. Got my man, Jared Smith, as always, where we're putting the fun and functional sports content, trying to figure this out. And, Jared, you know, I part of me hates to be a negative Nancy, a wet blanket, but I don't know that we've got this figured out, bro. And I think we're like the walls are starting to close in. Ooh. Guys like you. Guys like Kevin Walsh have been telling me the NBA is so smart. They've got this runway of time. They'll be able to figure everything out. Well, I don't know. Every single week when we talk, I feel like I have more questions than answers, Jared. So let me just catch people up on some of the stuff I've heard this week in the NBA, right? Like we at first – Jared heard like only 16 players out of like 310 or something like that, right? And that was a good piece of data. We were like, whoa, that's only like 5%. Mm. We can make that happen. That mm. sounds good. But I, I don't know if all these other cases were part of the 16 or not, Jared, but the Brooklyn Nets have been eviscerated by positive tests. The New Orleans Pelicans, you have David Griffin coming out saying three of the players have tested positive. There's a 25% chance one of those three is Zion Williamson, for goodness sakes. The Nuggets have shut down their team facility for our, of their traveling party because two people tested positive. And this is not even the idea of people who are themselves making the personal choice to opt out, Jared, right? I'm not even talking about Tavo Cephalosha. I'm not even talking about if Bradley Beal doesn't know, if Victor Oladipo doesn't know. And the ironic part for me on all this... Jared, also is the timeline of this all. I was under the impression that June 24th was like decision day, right? Are you going to come or not? 
And that was supposed to trigger, correct me if I'm wrong, Jared, the transaction window, right? Where we were looking at people like, oh, I don't know, Jamal Crawford and Boogie Cousins and Iman Shumpert and whoever else it was going to be that was going to fill the rosters, right? And then we were supposed to have people like report to Orlando and fill that. Well, we don't even know Who's coming yet? It's still, people are still unsure. And guess what, Jared? I understand. Have you seen the damn curve in the state of Florida recently? It's bad. Um, I, I think getting to the bubble is the hard part. I do think once they are in the bubble, those issues will be, you know, Members for lack of a better word, Dallas bubbled out. Members of FC Dallas may disagree with you, but okay. But listen, we can't, control outbreaks if there's an outbreak and it happens it happens and we have to shut the season down i i don't think and and i think adam silver presented the united front like listen we are going to have to deal with the risks of this virus we are not just going to hide and wait for it to go away all we know how to do is put on basketball shows that's all we know how to do so we're going to find we're going to get the information we're going to get the data and we're going to try to do that in the in the in the most safest way possible is it alarming that all these things are happening of course of course, it's 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 terribly alarming. I, it's the last thing you want to see. Uh, but I don't know what the alternative is other than just shutting everything down, which is not the option right now. They will continue to try to push through. If it reaches a point of absurdity where the half the teams can't field players, you right. know, they can't field rosters, then obviously we're going to shut it down. The I think the soccer thing is a little bit different because we haven't seen that kind of outbreak in the NBA. Uh, so if that does happen in the they're NBA, not there yet. they're not there yet. I mean, you know, well, they're testing everyone though, Dane, they're, 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 they're testing right, everyone. And FC Dallas, Jared, we're, ne they, we're tested. We're negative. Then in Orlando, they're positive, right? So all I'm saying it's is alarming. that Absolutely. It's, it is alarming. And I'm going to go a step further though, Jared. I also believe it would be somewhat naive to not expect the same thing in the NBA. Yes and no. Um, we, you know, we, we've gotten, we've gotten positive tests in other sports and we've, you know, pushed through. We've seen it in golf. We've seen it in UFC. There haven't been outbreaks. So like I, I said this last week, if I'm Adam Silver or Roger Goodell or Gary Bettman, I'm trying to read the break of, you know, you're away. You're seeing someone else putt first. You're seeing yeah. Dave Monahan putt first. Yeah. And Dave, I'm watching golf right now. I hear you. It's on. So, and they've had positive tests, they've had people withdraw, they've had scares, but they've figured out a way to make it as safe as possible. I think the one thing we've seen from Adam Silver's comments, they are not just going to hide under the bed till this thing goes away. It's not going to happen. People can opt out if they choose, and they will continue to get paid if they are high-risk individuals, but they are not just going to say, oh, we have a positive test. Oh, there's a few people in this pocket that are testing positive. Shut it all down. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, and I don't think it should happen. I think we should have procedures and measures in place to be as safely as possible, and yeah. we should be opening in slow doses, slow yep. steps. Yep. But I don't think it should be, oh, there's five people that tested positive. Shut everything down. I, I think that's, to me, that's the wrong approach. Just like when you throttle back, right. you know, when you throttle a into a reopening, yep. you should also throttle down slowly and not just you know, put the clamps on it and shut it down. Right. So I, I think it should work in both directions. And right now we're seeing the NBA throttle down a little bit. They have taken some precautions. And you're right. I'm fascinated to see what happens. I agree with you on, on the Dallas thing, too. They're like, like, let's put it in the NBA terms. LeBron shows up to the Lakers facility. He tests negative. Right. It's, a false, it's a false negative. 
it's wrong. He's actually positive. Well, then he's high-fiving his buddies, and he's yep. on the floor, and he's doing his thing, and he's in the bubble together, and yep. then all of a sudden they get to the bubble, and everybody tests positive. Is that an issue? Oh, my God, absolutely. Yeah. I can shut the entire season down. But you can't immediately just go there in your head. You just have to take the steps. Right now we're seeing these guys are testing positive. They get removed. We move forward and test more people. And we just keep trying to take little baby steps. Yep. It's like a marathon to get to the bubble. But I do think once we get to the bubble, I, I do think the, the big issues will subside at least a little bit because I hopefully that they are able to control it in a way that, yeah. you know, that's why you have a bubble. So so I got two responses to you, Jared. Um, but I think what this is proving, and we should have known this from the beginning, I was saying it from the beginning, the bubble is not a bubble, Jared. No. Okay, so, so what you just talked about is like kind of the assumption that that negative was a false negative. I'm on a different assumption, that they contracted the virus from inside the bubble, okay? And I believe that that is true, and we talked about this a week ago, two weeks ago. Remember when NBA family members were worried about it? Why? Because Disney employees can come and go from the bubble as they please. That's enough information for me to tell you right now, the bubble is not some hermetically sealed, all is safe. So when you say, once we get in the bubble, we're gonna be okay, I think this FC Dallas situation is evidence that, no, you cannot actually say that, okay? And so for me, it's the idea of the bubble idea is compromised. That to me is step one. The other thing I would say to you, you're right. The NBA is not going to shut it down. And I've said this to you before when I've asked you, for example, should the NFL continue. I've always said that's the first road, fork in the road. And if you take the fork of yes, then you got to stomach whatever comes. Yeah. I understand that. And that is the NBA's position. Fine. But that's not the part of this I'm looking at, Jared. What I'm looking at is, okay, we just saw MLS test positive in the bubble, right? There's a lot of these players that are still unsure if they want to report. And I'll tell you what, Jared, if you were an NBA player and your wife comes running to you being like, baby, there's an outbreak in the bubble, please don't go to Orlando. What are you going to say, Jared? Well, I, I mean, I think we already got the answer. I think you've seen a lot of players opt out for not social reasons. But that's not- what I'm saying the difference is. It's not the NBA making a policy decision. Yeah but that it completely changes the individual risk proposition and risk tolerance for all these players that have to make their independence. I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with you, but I don't see how it's any different than a guy like, I don't know, Andrew Luck retiring early. I, I, to me, I don't see the difference there. It's a player that's choosing not to play because of health reasons. It, it's a very, you know, well, people wear up in arms about Andrew Luck retiring. And, and, you know, and I know obviously he's a high, uh, you know, a big name that's going to draw a lot of attention. But if you are, if you are getting family pressure to not do something, to yep. not play and to mo- and to go in another direction with your career, I, it, that is okay. Well, Here's the thing, Jared. I'll have to hire someone else. The calculation is a complete moving target. That's part of it though, right? The state of Florida is spiking. Going to Orlando is a more dangerous proposition than it might've been a week ago. Okay, and so that's the part I think about it. Like, yeah, sure, every player has their own decisions, whether it's retire, CTE, all that stuff, right? But I, I, I fear that as we continue going down the calendar, the idea of risk is being exposed, right? Like you thought the bubble was safe, 
No, it ain't, Jared. You thought maybe Florida's cool? No, it ain't. And so it's a lot more risk than you may have originally thought. And that is fair to then take a step back and reconsider, no? What you mean by individual player or you mean the league itself should reconsider doing what well, they're doing? I, I think both should happen, but that's why I wasn't. Well, the first thing's not happening. The league is not reconsidering the Orlando bubble. The Orlando bubble is happening. They are all steam ahead. And and listen, we got to we, we gotta talk about both sides of this. All we've talked about are players opting out. How about, play, how about teams like the Celtics, the Sixers? Everyone's opting in. Pelicans, everyone's opting in. So if a player is going to opt out, then then that's. That's their decision to make. It's fine. I, I, I want that information, but is it going to change the way I feel about the NBA pushing forward? No. The NBA and every other league needs to figure out a way to get their sport back in play. Or else, if they wait too long and they don't play, i.e. Major League Baseball, if they were screwed up this year, it's done. Major League Baseball might be over. We might never have another Major League Baseball game if they wouldn't have played this year. We don't know that. And I think the, you also have to outweigh the risks of the other side. The risks of not playing and losing that income and losing all that, you know, the sponsorship. I'm not talking about this from a league standpoint. I agree with you. The NBA has already made the decision. And that's why I said they're going to stomach whatever comes back. They're going to grin and bear it. And players that don't want to stomach that, if they have a pre-existing condition and they're worried about health, they're going to get paid. Okay, great. Then the teams will figure out a way. If, If a player, and listen, these are the winds of change in the world. If a player... This is the way business is going to be operated now. We're just going to have to live. We're go- Adam Silver said it best. We're going to have to find a way to live with this virus. If players don't want to play because of it, then you change your career and you do something else. Okay. I- I- I'm not going to shed a tear for them. That's life. Life right. happens in that direction. If a player doesn't, these play. Listen, I don't. I don't have much sympathy for a lot of these guys. These guys are going to be way more protected than I am here in New York City. That's for sure. You know, in terms of their basically going to be treated like they're in a hermetically sealed box. If they choose not to enter that box, I respect your decision. But I'm not going to sympathize with players who are opting out and and then cry about not having jobs. Well, you chose to opt out. That's your choice. So, right. But they've the, also sold it as a more hermetically sealed box that it may in have, fact though, be. Dane. I don't know if they have. They've said there's risks. They, they have. And they're going to let players sign waivers and they're giving them the option I don't know if they've sold it as this like hermetically sealed box. I really think they said, listen, this is risky. We want you to play, but we understand if you don't and you'll get compensated. What was supposed to be a decision day is now two weeks past and we haven't moved fully on. Maybe they still need more time to make those decisions. We'll keep talking about it. It's in game live right here on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? 
You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From at and one with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Pop. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in, everybody, to In Game Live right here on SportsGrid. Jared and I trying to figure out how the dust is going to settle on all of this, right, Jared? I mean, there's a lot of, I think in the NBA, I think there's there's multiple categories of this, right? There's the ideas of actual testing and positive, and we'll see how that goes um, once we get close to games, right? Because you could test positive now, have the virus cycle through 14 days, that's cool. If there's testing positive on, you know, July 27th, that would be a different story. So we'll see how that one goes. There's also the element of people that are unsure from everything from family concerns to maybe there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that they don't want to risk. The David Bertans kind of example, Victor Oladipo fitting into that category. He still is unsure. Bradley Beal is still unsure. And then there's this third pocket, Jared. There's this third pocket, you know, call it the Kyrie Irving approach, right? Where there's some players that are, um, 
you know, thinking about should the priority, should the focus be more on the protest and the evolutions in society that are happening. I don't know if you heard it, but Raptors guard Fred Van Fleet was talking about this as well, you know, saying that maybe we shouldn't be playing right now and the focus should be on all this, but, you know, this is what we got to do. And here we are. Can you tell me, what do you think about these different I don't know, categories of uncertainty, straight health, straight family, and then, you know, sensitivity to some of the protests and stuff that's out there as well. I mean, I, I've always been in the I've always been in the corner of that. You these these athletes have a massive stage. Why wouldn't you use it to promote whatever social issues that you feel need to be promoted? So I never understood the I'm not going to play because of the protest. That just didn't make sense to me. Uh, especially because it's your it's your job to play. Why would you quit your job and make that money and give up that influence when you can use that influence to get change? In fact, I already saw the WNBA players. Uh, they they all banded together and they and they figured out a way to get a, a an, an African American uh, you know, someone who was incarcerated for a crime he did not commit, and they used it to and they used their influence to get him out of prison. I mean, if that is not if that is not the example of why being inside of not the NBA, you know, hermetically sealed bubble, uh, but also just the bubble of the sphere of influence that you have that you wield as a professional athlete, it makes zero sense to me to just give that up because you want social change. No, if right. you really want social change, use the power that you currently have to get it. So the, the Kyrie argument to me never made any sense. And of course, I respect the, the social justice element to it, but mm -hmm. it never made sense to give up your influence to try to get it. Use your influence. That's what you have. That's your power. So that argument, I'm, I'm, I totally, it, Kyrie, I, he could spin off the planet for all we care, and I don't think the world would miss him. I wouldn't miss him, not starting his own league and all the crazy mm -hmm. stuff he said uh, over the last couple of weeks. And we yeah. can get into this later with Sean Marks. Uh, the comment he made about Kevin Durant being the voice that's really steering the ship. I, I think that was one of those tea leaf type of mm. comments that told you who really is going to be making the decisions and who oh, yeah, really Batman and Robin. Yes, and I think Kyrie is definitely the Robin in this he situation. Loves being Robin. He knows yes. his one chance at being Batman didn't work. Uh, he likes, he is a Robin, and that's, I think, he brought in KD so he could comfortably play that number two role. Yes. And uh, so the health thing is a very different argument. The, the, the health issue to me is obviously the primary reason why a player uh, isn't going to be playing. And like I said in the last segment, if somebody feels that the risk is too high for them, if I wake up, say I'm a window washer and I wake up one day and you know what? I don't want to be, you know, up 100 stories up cleaning windows anymore. Yeah, that's your right as a person to choose whether or not you want to continue sure. To, to be in your profession because of health risk. Right. But I, I am not going, I am, I am not under the impression or under the thought process that we should not be trying to get these things back. I, I, I think there's a lot of sentiment in our country that we should just wait and wait and wait and wait. The, the issue I see there is the longer we wait, the less we're going to have to come back to. Because these entities, we're seeing it in New York City, they mm -hmm. are withering and dying by the day because nobody's patronizing them. Mm -hmm. And if people who think sports are immune to that are, are not really seeing the way things are because baseball, I think, literally was on life support. I don't think people would have came back to baseball if they would not have played this year. I, I honestly don't. We gave them another chance in 94. I don't think they would have gotten that second chance. 
I think the sport would have slowly withered and died. I don't know if you were a fan of Brockmire, but it's kind of like a <laughs> weird prediction uh, that Brockmire had. And I don't know what it is with the Simpsons and Brockmire and Hank Azaria, but they always just seem to nail it right on the head. <laughs> I, I do think baseball— Who does he like to win the, the Super Bowl next exactly. year? Exactly. I, I do think Brockmire—I do think baseball would have withered and died if they wouldn't have come back. And, of course, the, the risks are real. I mean, goodness gracious, what sure. we're seeing in the MLS bubble right now is scary with the Dallas situation. But I, we have to have plans in place. And, and I think we need to have these controversial adversarial things happen in order to te stress test. It happens all the time in finance. Every month, the banks, the Fed goes through a stress test where they literally say, if the end of the world happens, are you prepared? Are you guys liquid enough? And the stress tests are going to happen in all these sports. Are we prepared? And we're going to find out the, the leaders that are prepared. Just like I said, Jay Monahan, right. great job steering the ship. Is Adam Silver, is Roger Goodell, are they ready for these moments? Are they prepared for these moments? We are going to find out. We're about to find out what's going to happen in that MLS bubble real fast. Are they ready for the stress test? It's right. getting it's getting close to that right now. So do I think we need to stop everything and just put everything on hold? No. I think we need to find a way to safely navigate these rough waters. I don't know how. They right. don't you know, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a different, different yeah. question and a far difficult one. You know, your concept of the stress test, though. I want to ask you about this because going back to the NBA, correct me if I'm wrong, Jared, but I remember I thought that June 24th was supposed to be the day that players would declare on if they were opting in or opting out of the season, right? And then after that, there was supposed to be the transaction window, right, to refill the rosters, you know, when you talk about the stress, I'm going to call the stress being um, huh, less desirable spikes in data in the state of Florida. Okay, it's 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 seeming to maybe be a little bit more risky than it was two weeks ago. Whether that's the state of Florida or revelations that it's not a hermetically sealed bubble or whatever the case may be. Okay, and what you just said about baseball and them waiting and waiting is no good. So. But it, tell me, like, what's happening with the NBA timeline? Because we've already passed deadlines. Like, players were supposed to declare if they're in or out on June 24th. Then on July 1st, was supposed to be, like, starting to travel. They're supposed to arrive on the 7th, 8th, and 9th. We don't even know if, you know, we talk about Oladipo. We talk about Beal. There are a number of others, you know, that not testing positive, but still have not declared yet, right? So... With this stress test, it it seems, or unless I'm wrong and, you know, educate me here, it seems like on some level the NBA is allowing for more time, waiting, kicking the can down the road a little bit. And I know you're not going to change the games, right? So does then that compromise the three-week runway and all the players that are concerned about soft tissue injuries and all the like? What happens? Like, we've already... You know, you use the back to the future analogy. We've already blown through a couple of signposts here, Jared. Yeah, I, I, I hope, and again, this goes back to leadership. You hope that when the NBA created this plan, they yeah. built in a little cushion. And and again, th this is why, this is why I think I hate to say it, but man, if we do have outbreaks like we did in Dallas and all these sports get banged, we're going you better become a golf fan pretty quick because they've seemed to figure it out. I, I mean, we, we, this is the fourth tournament we've had in the midst of all of these positive tests everywhere. It's sport, though, Jared. I know, well, 
if that's maybe that's maybe that's the right. answer. Yeah, I, I know. Maybe you know, like maybe that, if that's the way of the world, sports can't. But but again, what at what point do we draw the line with? Okay, this is too much for us to handle. It again, it all goes back to leadership. We need strong leaders. We need people at the highest forms of government, not only in presidential government but also sports government, commissioners league executives, et cetera, et cetera, owners that are committed, the guys at the top of the food chain, if they don't have it figured out, we don't have a chance. We don't have a chance in hell because that to me is the only way we can navigate these very choppy waters. You have to have a captain who's been there before and who knows what he's doing or at least has a plan. I, I don't know if we have a plan as our country, and I don't want to make this a political show, but I don't think I our – I, I don't think we have a plan in terms of the highest form of our government how to navigate these waters. I heard our president the other day say he just hopes this thing disappears. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, I, I heard that's, that also. That's the wrong approach. I that's heard that also. But, that, but, but then again, I don't want to compare what's happening in the political realm to what's happening in the sports realm because I do think there are leaders in the sports realm. But are you not realm. hoping there too? Like it happened in the MLS and we're hoping it doesn't happen in the NBA. The NBA is a totally different animal because of the notoriety with these players. If okay. 10 players on one NBA team tested positive all yeah. in that little bubble, it yeah. would be it would be bad. But I don't want to go there yet until it's happened. Is okay. it naive to not think it could happen? Of course. We okay. should plan for we should plan for the worst and hope for the best. That has always been my strategy. You plan mm -hmm. for the worst possible scenario and you hope it doesn't happen. But if it does, you're ready. Yeah. PGA's been there. The PGA mm -hmm. had their champion from the prior week Absolutely. withdraw because of a family false positive. And right. that, to me, Dane, is another big factor here. What's up? I, and the, the false negative and false positive rates are very alarming. Right. On both ends. Yeah, it's of course. It's scary on both ends. It makes me think that I get a test. It's a positive test negative. It don't matter. Are you going to really rely? And I've heard the antibody tests are really the issues. But again, I, I, I'm done trying to handicap this virus. What I am going to handicap is which league is best suited to fight it. PGA is doing a really good job. UFC, little bull in the China shop there with Dana White. But still, they've navigated. I know it's not a, a team sport, right. but it's still a sport where you're literally spitting blood on each other for Absolutely. 20 minutes at a time. So there's tons of contractual op, you know opportunities to you know give it and take the virus away from right, someone there's not going to be an outbreak in an individual sport no and that and that's different and, that and the outbreak the is what puts it all at risk right yes that is the next level of this that you hope adam silver is seeing what's happening in the mls right and that's figuring what I'm out a way to avoid it you're reading I think, the book, to be perfectly right? honest with you, I, I really think the MLS thing is a good thing for the NBA because I no, think right. and Rudy Gobert testing positive was ultimately a good thing for American society. I, I get it. I agree with you. But you talk about reading the putt. The MLS putt is breaking a lot sharply. Yeah, it is. So I, I agree. You know, it's like, oh, I have to change my line now, maybe yeah. a little bit. Sure. Even when, and so that's what I'm saying. And that's where's the mark the of a good leader, though? Adapting to new information. Where's that was my horoscope. Don't, don't be scared to when adapt. We, come back here, we only got a couple of seconds. When we come back, we're going to go onto the court, figuratively and literally. We'll look at some lines, and we'll also look at what might be on these courts in Orlando when we come back. It's in-game live, giving you the edge. Keep it locked. Right here. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Dow of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Dow of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big pop. They ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, everybody, to In-Game Live right here on SportsGrid. Jaron and I trying to see what is this going to look like. We're trying to read putts. We're trying to read tea leaves. We're trying to figure it out. Jared, you know, I mentioned we're going to go on the court. And you, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like you fundamentally believe that the NBA and NBA players have a platform to leverage 
for change. Um, and, you know, Fred Van Vliet came out and said one of the things that they it sounds like they're doing is they're going to literally paint Black Lives Matter on the courts, right? We've talked about that. We've, uh, excuse me, we've talked about the jerseys, how they may be able to make some statements there all the time, maybe off of the fact that the Premier League in England had Black Lives Matter on their jerseys. They're going to be able to customize it for their cause. Um, do you like that as a way to leverage the platform, Jared? Right? Like they have this, you think it keeps it out there. What do you think about what they're doing? Putting the names on jerseys however they want. Like, you know, a team can have one guy's jersey could say George Floyd, one could say Breonna Taylor, one could say Eric Garner, you know, one could say, you know, and on and on we go. There's enough names we could use. Um, and they're going to paint Black Lives Matter on these courts. Like, good idea? Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, I'm. I, First Amendment, freedom of speech. I mean, if this is what the guys want, I, I think we should leave it up to the players. I, I mean, who am I to decide? Uh, I, I think you should maybe let every team, you know, decide what they want to do. You have a vote on it. Hey, should we do this? Great, we're going to do this. Let every team have their own initiative, whatever they want as a team. You come together as a team, you vote on it, you decide what you want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think just the fact that the openness to speak out, the openness to express is in my opinion, all is the prerequisite. Everything else that comes after that, I'm totally fine with. As long as the baseline approaches, every player, every team sh has the right to speak out and do whatever they want to do, however they want to honor uh, this movement, uh, they should have the right to do so. I mean, I think all those ideas are great. I don't know how much effect they have on the movement themselves, but they at least raise awareness. What the NBA did, uh, and thanks to Venture for, for clarifying that about uh, you know, Maya Moore basically giving up her career for 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 this yeah. guy. And I, I don't know the story there, but uh, it was a guy I, that know. was in prison and yeah. she like lobbied for him to get out and using her. And that's another part of it, right? We say I'd this. like you to see more of that and less, you know, uniform rhetoric. But that yeah. to me is uh, but I know those are hard situations in, right? to and back it up, you know, with the anthem. Yeah. Right. We're like, don't just walk the walk. Drew Brees says it. By the way, Jared, uh, I you know now that I have an opening, I will I will say this. I was strong last week on this show talking about Kylan Hill yeah. and talking about um, the state of Mississippi. Jared, Mike I, Leach, it happened. Yeah, like literally, <laughs> like right. I actually I was gonna text you about that. I saw Leach's comments right after we got off. Right across eight schools, and then two days ago, Jared, they, yep. the governor of Mississippi. There it is. Excited to, yeah. The winds of change are blowing very strong, Dane. The winds of change are blowing. Tip of a cap to Kylan Hill. He got it done. Yes, he he was the impetus of change. So there you go with the idea of the platform. And these are things they are in. That's why it makes no sense why these guys are saying they don't want to play. Like, that is the perfect example of why you should want to play more and be more involved in your platform. Because we have now seen two examples, WNBA and Kylan Hill where them speaking out, and I think the Bubba Wallace thing too with the Confederate flag, where them involving themselves more in the sport, not removing themselves like Kyrie wanted to do, but being more involved, more outspoken, has been, as you said, the impetus of change, which is why to me, it just I was like dumbfounded when he's like, yeah, I want there to be change and I'm calling for social justice, so let's leave our microphone and turn it off and move somewhere else. Like, I was like, wait, no, use the microphone, Kyrie. Use it. The Use it to change. Is, 
one thing you can do for change, uh, we'll talk about it off air, because uh, I do think there is other plausible uh, reasons for that. But we should go back onto the courts here. Here's one thing we know, Jared. Everything is up in the air. We've joked about it before. It's almost like every player could be listed for listed questionable, right? Uh, whether it's now, whether you're testing positive or negative now, whether you test positive or negative then, we are in a new normal where, in essence, every player should be listed as questionable. And in parentheses, it's right. like, Fear of COVID, you know? So with that being said, how are you adjusting to some of these lines? How are you adjusting, like, for example, the Brooklyn Nets seem to have been hit hard. Are you more likely to fade them? Are you more likely to think that the Wizards may be the eighth seed? But then again, Bradley Beal is unsure. Davis Bertans has opted out. You know, how do you add up, like, five things here versus two things here? You know, in football... Jared, right? Like every player is worth like a point and a half or something like yeah. that. And I've said it. How are you going to? It's a formula. You and I know this. You know this better than most, Jared. You're going to make up your own index, your own power rankings, right? So I'll ask you, and I'll ask you ultimately in the basketball context, but in the football context, how is it going to be where one team is without starting safety, two linebackers, and three O linemen, but the other team is without? their starting quarterback, their punter, and their second wide receiver. How are we going to figure out, like, from a formulaic algorithm, you know, number standpoint, what that means on balance? This has kept me up at night. Um, this this will continue to keep me up at night. night. We'll talk through it. It's the syndicate. Uh, that's what the conglomerate's here for. This is, this is the in my opinion, this is what's going to make betting on the NFL not only amazingly euphoric, but maddeningly frustrating uh, all in the same ride. Because, you know, theoretically, unless your luck just stinks, you're going to be on both sides of this at yes. some point this year. I would imagine um, so, yes. Yeah, 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 unless, you're, again, you just have the worst luck in the world, which, hey, listen, it happens. But uh, theoretically, you will be on both sides of this this year, where you will be about to get ready for kickoff, and your best player will be in, or the other team's best player that you bet First against. Will, is, right. Yeah, so you're going to be on both sides. The way to handicap it is, it's like kind of like handicapping a fumble. The ball hits the ground, and it could go in either direction. It could bounce left, and the def defense could cover it. It could bounce straight back up into your gut, and the, and the running back falls right on it. And Yanni actually has a really good way of approaching this. And unfortunately, we don't have empirical data. Like, we can't look at who tested positive last year right. for COVID. So it don't matter. <laughs> it, it, we're going to have to take it week to week. Um, but to me, that's how I would look at it. I would look to fade the peaks and buy the valleys. So if a team hasn't had a positive COVID test all season, I might share. I might just take their line down a little bit thinking, all right, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> Waiting for the anvil to drop. Or on the flip side of it, if this team has had an outbreak like the Dallas MLS team, well, then I might not be. I might risk on like, all right, I'm not as concerned with an outbreak. They've already had one. There's probably some, or hopefully, I don't know. Again, I have no idea if we can get this thing twice, if we can or can't. I'm no. not trying to handicap the virus. But right. I do have to baseline assume if there is a massive outbreak on a team and then everybody gets over it and tests test negative, the odds of the, another outbreak on that same team, I would say, are less. I, 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 will, have to, I, I will have to assume that. I think so. I, I think so, too. But you know what? Do I think Patrick Mahomes is going to get hurt and bang up his knee against, I think it was Denver, whenever that night right. he did? No. Did it happen? Yes. Did I plan for it? No. Is it in the back of my mind? Of course. But it's not something that I am handicapping when I'm betting the Chiefs. I'm not handicapping injuries. 
I I can handicap who is already injured. Right. But once the once the game starts or once we get to the point where I've made my bet and now I'm just waiting, I've made my bet, now I've got to sleep in it. I, I I'm not I, I can't take those things into account. But I do I do like buying the curve, so to say. Whereas if a team last week tests positive, well, you know, I would assume that there's probably not going to be as many positive tests on that team. But then again, there's this outbreak, you know, metric that we really can't handicap. Right. And that's what's keeping me up at night. What's happening to Dallas FC, say, for instance, you are a Dallas FC ticket holder, yeah. futures holder. Right. You can't imagine or predict where it's going to go from here. Right. I, I mean, I tell you what, I'm sure that that Dallas future is probably pretty low. Right? It might be a good buy low spot for him. Um, we will look at the MLS the odds later on in the show, and we will try to handicap it with whatever information we have now. And that's the thing, right? It's such a moving target, Jared, that I may, I may, I may hesitate to bet the futures markets kind of all together because it's so up in the okay. air. But I see some, you know, you're talking like on football. That's I where the value could be, though. Like it's that, like so. So you're 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 you're, you're, you're right. There should be hesitancy, but to me, it, that's where the value is. You want volatility. That is a trader's dream. Because that's the opportunity yeah. as well, right? It is risk and opportunity. Risk Do you want to stomach the risk? Go ahead, just as long as you know it. But in some of these games that are going to happen on July 30th, on July 31st, we've seen movement on some of these lines already, Jared. So, like, let me ask you this. What? Why? What, what, what is it moving on? Is it moving on fear of uncertainty? Is it moving on people opting out? Because, like, a little bit. if you test positive now, that doesn't mean what it's going to be four weeks from now. So what do you think some of these moving lines are? Because there are some that have crossed over zero. There's been four-point movements in some of these early games. Yeah, I, I, think, it's, I think it's who's playing. I, I, I don't think they're handicapping the virus. At least I hope they're not because that's a— that's But the a, adjustments for opting in or out— Yes, I, I think, for example, for example, uh, the Nets line has moved significantly yep. uh, because not opting out, but we know this person's not going down. We know DeAndre Jordan's not playing. We right. don't think Spencer Dinwiddie's going to play. We know Kyrie Irving's not playing. We know Kevin Durant's not playing. Same thing, Grizzlies Blazers. Uh, I, I think you're going to start to see some action on the Grizzlies now, if especially after the Trevor Ariza news, and we don't know about Melo yet either. That's another one. Uh, Wizards Suns. There's another one. Think about the Wizards, Bradley Beal, all that uncertainty. Trust me, if Bradley Beal opts out, that Suns line is going to move another point or two in that yeah. direction. Uh, Clippers-Lakers is the one that's kind of dumbfounded me thus far. Um, I, I don't think Avery Bradley for J.R. Smith should move the line, frankly. I, I don't think that's that's a line-moving event. I think that's kind of a wash. Uh, maybe slight disadvantage for JR, but nothing that's going to move a basketball line. If LeBron opts out, well, clearly that changes the argument completely. Could it be on the Clippers uh, side? The idea Lou of Lou Williams. That's yeah, the one go. that would move that one. I think if Lou Williams opts out, I think the Lakers, and it has flipped. The Lakers opened as the dog, and now yeah. it's minus one. So it could be Lou Williams' wins of change pushing that line in that direction. I don't think it's COVID related yet. None of these are COVID related. These are all players opting in or opting out. Now they could be opting out for COVID. But sure. my point is the, the positive test. It's decided, right. Yeah. It, we, we also don't know who tests positive yet. We got that number that nine tested positive. And again, we're taping this Thursday by Saturday. Yeah. We might know. But, you know, we don't know right now today, Thursday at two o'clock, who is testing positive right now. We just know that there have been nine positive tests since that. I know three of the Pelicans. I don't know if Zion's one of them. no idea which one. And also <laughs> another thing, too. I don't think a positive test should move the line because theoretically, if you test positive on July 2nd, you should test negative by June, by July 30th. If you, but that's why I was saying in our previous conversation, right? Like 
the outbreak lightning striking. We, we should continue this next because I have another point on this, but there's a couple of interesting things I think we can bring up with this one. Yeah, absolutely. And when we talk about the New Orleans Pelicans, I want to bring up some other factors that we've been talking about with this that I don't know if we have resolution on yet either. A lot of details to figure out. That's what we do here. It's In Game Live. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in, everybody, to In Game Live. Jared and I looking at 
you know, the, the changing details in the NBA and how it's so fluid, right? Literally, Jared, we're saying the new way to look at this is consider everyone questionable. And that's really as far, that's the only thing you can say definitively, right, Jared? Like everyone is questionable. And I kind of believe that if you tested positive or negative a week ago or two weeks ago, it don't matter. You're still questionable. And in parentheses, fear of COVID. So I want to ask you, we were talking about the Pelicans real quick. And right, we don't know because, you know, you are allowed to keep this information confidential. You, It is your health records, right? Fair enough. The team knows. The public doesn't have to know. There's another weird wrinkle here and i thought about it because it's the pelicans and i want to know because i know jared you're plugged into the nba if you remember alvin gentry their coach was one of the like three elderly coaches let's say that were out there uh that the coaches association was maybe having an issue that they should have to wear a mask or they were you know almost denied access because of their age i want to ask you a couple of questions one have we had any resolution on that? I haven't heard the idea of if these health records are going to be vetted, if the NBA is going to make any calls on that. It seems like Alvin Gentry is going with the Pelicans, going to Orlando. And then also, what about now that three Pelicans have tested positive? Now does Alvin Gentry have to something? Because there is an, a mini outbreak among that team? Well, I did hear that they are not going to restrict coaches from traveling okay. to the bubble just for age. Just on age, but still so, the medical review. I honestly I, I don't know I, I don't know what their plan like, has is. That I haven't seen anything. I, I and again, I'm not I'm not in the mindset where more medical reviews are bad. Uh I, I, I don't think I having a doctor outcome, like has it has is it has it happened yet? I, I don't like know. I, I, I'm assuming switching leagues, and then we were like, "Where'd that go?" I'm almost well, asking the same thing. Like, we know where, where Kyrie where went. That we know where Kyrie went. He's probably on Pluto somewhere right now. For all we know, or all I care, I, honestly. And I did this on TMA. I, I, I would be. I, I, if we, if I have to say his name one more time, I, it would be one time. I'm, I, I, honestly, I'm just, worried about I, it. I'm just so, I'm just like the Kyrie thing is just so absurd to me, and the way he handled his business was just so absurd that it's almost like. It's almost like that Simpsons episode, uh, the you know the Halloween episode where like the billboards came to life, and the way to like combat them was just to ignore them. Like I think that's how we should approach Kyrie. Just like literally act like he does not exist because he offers no, in my opinion, no positive uh, uh, things to any conversation that has to do with the you know reform or social justice. I think he's in his own world and he doesn't really know or care uh, about what's best for the league and what's best for the rest of his fellow teammates because his. His actions over the last three weeks have been absurd. But again, Kyrie done. Moving on to health. I think we get to a certain point with this where, yeah, I'm assuming that any health you know, restrictions have been at least you know, looked at. If okay. there is another doctor that needs to look at someone, I, I hope at this point they've gotten to that point. I have heard that they are not going to restrict coaches from coming to the bubble just on age. I think that's the right decision. There has to be something else there. And if there's something else there, then... Yes, I think it's totally within a doctor's range to say, uh, Mr. Popovich, Mr. Gentry, you should not be traveling right now. Uh, and and if, you know, I would listen to a doctor if they told me to do something. So I, I, I think it's totally within their right uh, to ignore the doctor. But then you're, you know, signing away the risks and you're acknowledging the risks. And the NBA should uh, not be on the hook if something happens to one of these guys down there. If they were told by a doctor, by multiple doctors, you are at risk. 
Uh, I don't know which coaches are and aren't at risk. I know that right. they are not taking age as the only determining It's like a factor. blanket thing. Right. Exactly, which is the right thing. I mean, you know, you shouldn't discriminate based on age. If you are unhealthy for another reason, i.e. asthma, i.e. pulmonary condition, yes, no, you should be made aware of those risks. And if you do waive those, those you know, rights, those risks to go into the bubble, you should not be holding the NBA liable. Just like I don't think it's 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 a tricky situation. It's a tricky sure. situation, but I don't think the coaches are going to be discriminated based on age, which is good. All right, fair enough. So let's look, and I'm just going to use the Pelicans as an example, right? Uh, they got three players that tested positive. We don't know, right? You know, uh, their head coach is on some level up in the air. And you've been talking about how lines will move and whether you want to attack futures or wait. You've been talking about the volatility in this market because of the uncertainty. So let's look at the Pelicans, for example. They're two-point favorites right out the gate. They're the first game in the NBA, Jared, you know? So let's look at them when they are going up against the Utah Jazz, another team known for COVID. But I digress, right? And you've been saying that there may be these wild fluctuations. Oh my goodness, this guy tests positive. Positive. Uh oh, fears that it could be Zion or it could be on the other side, right? Like, oh, uh, Utah is getting stronger. Whatever the case may be, we always said with great risk comes great opportunity, right? Here's my example before free agency happens, you know, in the NBA, I could buy the news that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to go to the Clippers before it happens and be like, oh, the Clippers right now at 20 to one is a great value. I'm going to, I know I'm taking on risk, but I'm going to assume something happens and bet it as though that had happened. There's my value, right? So you have an opportunity to do the same thing with game by game lines, whether it's short term or with a little bit of a futures lean runway. How do you anticipate finding value, negotiating the very volatile and fluid markets out here on like a game spread, Jared? I think we have to get to a certain point where we understand the risks of what we're doing and we as betters monitor our own risk management. But I do think just like we do in the stock market, when a company reports bad earnings, as long as the long-term fundamentals are good and sound, I am willing to buy low on a company that reported a bad quarter. And I, I think that is where I'm at in the NBA. Right. And frankly, all these other leagues, I am willing to buy low on positive tests because that is how the market is played. Because you would think if they get closer to game day and there's negative tests, then the line will fluctuate back. And we might be able to make a risk-free bet and try to middle. And that is how you win in gambling long-term. Right. You don't win bets. That's how you make money long-term. You make good bets. If the Pelicans are going to get absolutely thrashed in the marketplace because Zion, Ingram, who, Drew Holiday all test Whatever, positive yeah. this week, I am willing to buy low on that because I am betting on that to eventually balance itself out because the market told me that this line should be here and then it gets bet to here. Well, really, it, the value is here. So when you're buying it up mm -hmm. here, you're overbuying it. When you're buying right. it down here, so it, it, and again, everybody bets differently. No, not everybody bets like me. I am not in this for a day, a month, a year. I'm in this for life. This is my job. This is my career. This is my passion. This is my life. I'm not betting to make a couple bucks on a Saturday afternoon. Now, there are plenty of bettors who are doing that. 
And I'm, which not is a knock fine. On them. Exactly. It's not a knock on them. It, just like it's not a knock on whoever to opt out of a season. Right, I'm never right. gonna. So everyone does this differently. If you are looking to bet this long term, you should not be afraid to get Warren Buffett. When there's blood in the streets, it's time to buy. I know that's a very vicious metaphor for this particular example because we are literally talking about people's health. But that is the way you make money in investing. And this is investing at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. This is a regulated market. This is basically the stock market with sports. That's yeah. really what it is. That's how I view it. That's how I've always viewed it. And yeah. I will continue to view it that way. And so I am willing to assume that risk. I am willing to buy a team that has a bad quarter, a bad group of tests on the long-term fundamentals of this team's all in. Just like a great examples, the Celtics or the Sixers. Everyone's opted in. Everyone has a, po- a negative test right now. Well, if tomorrow someone tests positive, and the lines go down, I'm willing to buy those teams because I know they're all opting in. They're all long-term. So the same logic. like the future. Are you selling the Celtics right now because so far they're clean as a whistle? Well, we haven't seen the lines move. Uh, so no, because the lines haven't moved. Actually, hold on. I, I haven't checked in the last couple of hours. Um, but I right now. Plus five against Milwaukee. They're still the on same. The first one out. Still the same. Everything's the same. Futures odds are the same. Everything's okay. the same. So, no, I'm not buying them because the line hasn't moved or selling them because the line hasn't moved. The only reason – and this is this goes back to my NFL point. Uh, we, I think what we're going to see in the NFL this season is the most volatile markets we've ever seen from week to week. Mm-hmm. Opening line on Monday morning, closing line on Sunday morning. Yep. That volatility is going to be where a lot of people make and lose money Yeah. because you can buy it or you can sell it, but at the end of the day, it's still a market. And it's going to go up and it's going to go down. And you, in my opinion, you don't buy or sell until there's movement. So you're either buying the movement or selling the movement. We haven't seen movement in the Celtics lines yet. We haven't seen movement in some of these other lines yet. The lines we have seen movement in, yeah, I'm considering being on one side or the other based on where, where it moves and where the winds of change are blowing. But to me, volatility is not something that should be shied away from. A right. good better thrives on that volatility. A good gambler, a good investor thrives on that volatility. You just have to be able to predict it. And like Jay Monahan, bet, you know, read the line. Where so let's find it, Jared. Let's find it. Let's look at some of these early lines, right? Which are the ones you, you know, we talked about the Nets, for example, that have moved. Are there other examples, you know, kind of in this first weekend, let's say, where you see games that maybe are ripe for this, for the picking right here? That's what we do. You find the value as a sports investor. Where, where where should we be looking, Jack? Well, I'll tell you this. Right out of the gate, the fact that the Pelicans are laying a number against the Jazz, I thought was surprising. I mean, look at the standings. If this game was played in Utah on on a random March night, the Pelicans would be lay, would be probably you know getting at least three or four points. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that this is on a neutral court and the Pelicans are laying and the line keeps going in their direction tells me it is a publicly bet number, and I would be looking to I would be looking to get the Jazz at three if you can find that number. And right now, the court of public opinion on Utah is Donovan Mitchell hates Rudy Gobert because he gave him right. COVID and there's all this. Well, I would sell that news. I would I would sell that news because I don't think that's the truth. I don't think that's how those two are looking at that situation. I think it will be water under the bridge once the ball is tipped up in the air. And I would right. be selling there's been that. plenty of teammates that don't like each other but play on the court, fine. You know, James Harden and Russell Westbrook come to mind. You know, I mean, and so I think there's How about Kobe and Shaq? 
Yeah, there's definitely together. places of that. I, I hear you. Are there any other ones uh, that where teams are moving, at least early on, maybe off of news that you think people are overreacting to? I think, and I, I want to do a little more on this because I want to expand on what the Pelicans and the Grizzlies playoff situation looks like and how we can exploit that market. We talked about that a little bit during our pre-show not prep. Anymore. It has moved, and they are the same. I always, I, I, I get you on the Pelicans. I'll tell you. you no, know, no, what they did is, I, unfortunately, it's my fault because I told John Sheeran about well, the move. Well, here's the thing. I tattled on us. I tattled the on line, us. The early line plays two hours before the morning after, so he could have seen us do it as well. Kevin was on that one. But, you know, the Memphis one is different. Well, no, the, I, 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 I emailed John game. the night that it happened. There Kevin a, didn't know about it till I told him. <laughs> there's, a half, there's, a half, uh, there's a half game difference with Memphis. Memphis has the viability for the seventh seed. That is a difference with the Pelicans. But we could talk about that. We also are going to get to the NFL in hour number two. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top they ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. In a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. 
Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Dial of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.